is an intro. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Okay Fine, I'll Watch It, a podcast where I, your host, Rahat Sani, will be discussing popular media that I've never seen before and am watching for the very first time with someone who loves it. This is an exploration of not just the media itself, but also of its fan base. On this very first episode, we're talking about Star Wars with my dear friend and Star Wars fan, Zach Wheeler. Oh, but before we begin, just a quick acknowledgement that the Zoom audio, which is most of this podcast, it leaves something to be desired, and (laughs) I am aware. And so if you're annoyed by it, just know that I'm with you. It's a work in progress. We'll figure it out. Don't give up on me. Stick around for the next episode, and maybe it'll be a lot better. I sure hope so. Anyway, let's get into it. Coming in hot from Jasper, Alberta, we have Zachary frickin' Wheeler. How are you doing, Zach? Uh, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. You excited to talk about Star Wars? I, I am. It is a Tuesday, but it's my Saturday, and there's nothing I would rather do. Exactly. That's the restaurant business for you. Okay, so <laughs> first question that I have yeah. for you, before we get into anything else, is that do you qualify yourself as a Star Wars fan? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. It would be really tough for me if I put you on this podcast and that was yeah, not be, the case. It's a tough look for <laughs> kind sure. Kind of goes against the entire premise. But mm-hmm. as a Star Wars fan, I just have a question about why you love Star Wars. Why do you love Star Wars, Zach? And this is a very broad um, question. Answer yeah. it however you'd like. Well, it it goes, I think it goes back to my my principle of of why I think anyone exploring it the first time should watch it from its inception. And I think the thing is that. I love it for a lot of reasons, but central to that is I love it for the reasons that you love anything that you really, like, I think grew up with. Nostalgia? Um, yeah. And, and I think just connection to it, right? Those, those foundational pieces of, of media, I guess. Um, and I remember because we had uh, the VHS copies of the original trilogy when I was a kid. And um, I don't remember when I watched them first, but I remember it being long enough ago that um, when Jabba the Hutt is talking at the start of Return of the Jedi, uh, I had to read the subtitles out loud for my sister because um, she was wow. too young to be able to read them on the screen. Um, and so she's 21 now. Um, so yeah, it's just very, I don't know. It was very central. I mean... It's, you know, it's epic and it's grand and it's mm-hmm. in space and there's it's all cool. <laughs> kinds of cool stuff. And it's just, it's this, this good and evil and, and it only, it's only grown for me, I think is the thing. I always, I always liked it and there's always things I enjoyed about it. I think I had, I mean, I, you know, I, listen, I liked it all the way through my friends and I, we played with Star Wars action figures as long as I can think of, um, just I, I you know at, at all times it's been not too far from I guess my my consciousness um but I had a renaissance with it um when maybe shortly before but around when the force awakens got announced um and right. I just kind of because you, you know one could thing, say one could say star wars has it had its own renaissance around it, that well exactly you know what that's true um <laughs> and and so I think that kind of revitalized 
me a little seeing like that new release trailer there's that shot where the millennium falcon like goes up into the sky and comes down almost crashing into the desert and the two tie fighters fly like right at the screen and i was like oh my god this is it like Mm -hmm. just because you know i mean the prequels were new when they came out when i was a kid they were awesome i still i still will maintain that the prequels okay movies actually um (laughs) is that an unpopular opinion among star wars fans it comes and goes i i i think it depends there's i don't want to say there's two camps but i think there are people who um where i land and where i've kind of talked about with some friends is uh, i'm able to sort of like suspend you know, because look, there are ways in which no, they're not good movies. You know, but there's <laughs> there's this this thing in my head I think where I can I imagine like what if they were, and so I take the highlights from them when I watch them. I'm like, I like that, and the lows I'm kind yeah. of just like, yeah, 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 yeah. For um, sure. And it's also, I mean, might I add, it's a lot easier to make excuses for things that you enjoy because of the nostalgia. And to be yeah. honest, that is the point of this series for me. That's the point of the podcast mm-hmm. is I'm mm-hmm. viewing all of this for the very first time without yeah. the veneer yeah. of nostalgia. I don't yeah. have any nostalgic connections to any of these films. I just watched yeah. them last week. Exactly. So, yeah. so I'm I'm not connecting them to my childhood and I'm not connecting them to, you know, um, what, I mean, I am trying to find the good in them, but that's just because yeah. I'm getting on this big here podcast and <laughs> I can't be on here and be like, this movie sucks um, and talk to a fan yeah. and be like, actually what you love is awful and I yeah, hate it. You're wrong. and You're yeah, wrong and bad and your opinion sucks. Cause I can, yeah. I can empathize with the fact that nostalgia does affect the way that you connect with certain media. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like Twilight movies are good. Yeah, but I also am not going to sit here and act like the Twilight movies are not so much fun to watch because I yeah. think anybody who, especially anybody that grew up watching them, they're so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um. So you know, full empathy with the nostalgia factor. Yeah. But, but I, you know, that's yeah. I think that's the thing that's up for for debate here is without mm. the nostalgia, how do these movies hold up a little bit? True. But also, let's talk about the nostalgia yeah. factor and and the connection that so many fans have mm-hmm. to this media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think it is that it started it started as long ago as I can think of, right? right? But the thing is, I came back to it, and that was in kind of like my sort of adult life. And I guess it's when it when I try and boil it down, it's hard. I because I, it I, it's been so I think present that I've never thought too hard about this. And I guess what it boils mm-hmm, down to yeah. is just that, like like I said, it's that story of heroes and villains and betrayal and redemption and just high drama, but on this backdrop of of science and spaceships and 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 like lightsabers and the force. You know, like it's yeah. it's compelling. I don't know. Like I I don't know if there are at its core i don't know if there are two ways around it i i think it's just you know compelling I don't hell know. yeah and you don't think you, i don't think you have to have a more complicated answer than yeah. that dude honestly i i don't mean to get a, an answer out of you that's groundbreaking even because no. yeah it's a thing that you love and you don't yeah. have to have a reason for loving it uh yeah. truly i'm just mm-hmm. curious about this stuff you know and mm-hmm. i agree i think the stakes being so high and mm-hmm. the thematic elements of good versus evil and the familial ties and yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it's almost a little Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like Shakespeare in space. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think uh, anybody who actually knows more about Shakespeare than me, please don't come for me for saying that because <laughs> honestly, like I don't give a shit about Shakespeare either. Um, but yeah, I think let's, let's talk about the movies then. Mm-hmm. Before we do um, a friend of mine for my birthday one year got me 
it's this little box of three books and it's the original three star wars movies rewritten as shakespearean plays no and it's in way. it's an iambic pentameter they're all like in five verse? yes 100 percent um like there's monologues i recommend or not recommend i recognize from the movies but they've been rewritten in Shakespearean English. It's incredible. I haven't finished them yet, but every now and again, I just pick them up and there's like illustrations and stuff. So it's like this Victorian uh, British looking Darth (laughs) Vader in like Baroque. Okay, okay. okay. I have a question. I have a question. If we are in the galaxy, which you know it's a big it's a big one. It's a big galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are so many characters that are British. I know. What's the tea? with that is it are I, there people are the people who made this movie british because okay one thing i want to clarify is i don't know anything about the people who made this these movies this movie these movies there's so many yeah. i don't know anything about i don't know anything about the productions i don't know I, anything i'm coming to this as an audience yeah. member and i have no connections to anything else so are there brits behind this because oh I, my god why are they all british i think it's predominantly american actually but i what I what I think when I think about it at first is like, yeah, there's tons of people who do seem British. I think what it is, is at least in the original trilogy, the Empire um, all kind of have, I think the officers have this kind of like British aristocratic energy yeah. to them. Um, and I think that's kind of the the feeling there is there are these like staunch, you know, officers of this, of this empire, right? At um, certain points, the people of the, um, you know, whatever the big bad of that movie trilogy is, yeah. um, at some points, they kind of seem like Soviets also. Or they're very certain, Nazi. Yeah. And so at some points they're Nazis and I, it's, it's very interesting every time mm-hmm. that, uh, I think it's in the last trilogy where it seemed very Nazi-ish. Yes, the first order does have a very, I think, I think Nazi feeling to it, especially like vibe. the shot in, in the Nazi Force Awakens check. where they're all standing and Hux is giving that that speech right before he like blows yes. up the New Republic. It's very um, Third Reich mm-hmm. feeling, I, I, I think. Yeah. I think the casting also plays a part there. That guy yeah. looks like a Nazi. No, yeah, offense, Don but... Gleason. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> sorry, bud. Um, the jacket didn't help. No, it did not. The collar? <laughs> Are you joking? Very, very SS of you. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely on him to select his own costume. That's how movies work. But, yeah. But, you, you know, know, it's. But I mean, um, it fits the character. It's the right It does. Move. It totally Form makes sense. Sure. It's, I didn't like it. hits all the right cues for the audience, I think. Yeah. That's, it does but what it's supposed what I, to. Yeah. From what I understand, no, I think the movies are quite American in their, in their production historically. Um, George Lucas, I do know that George Lucas's influence were heavily Japanese, though. Yeah, Uh, I was going to ask about that. mm -hmm. So as far as I understand from references, Mm because up until like last week or two weeks ago, all I knew about Star Wars was the references. And Mm -hmm. I have done many years of Oscar worthy performances of pretending to understand the references, just so I don't have to admit that I don't and have consequently someone tell me to watch these movies. Because boy, oh boy, that's happened too many times. Oh. So, I mean, at this point I said, okay, fine, I'll watch it. So here we are. Um, But I'm curious about the inspiration. I don't know um, where these movies come from because as far as I can understand from references and from the way that people treat this media, it's considered to be kind of groundbreaking in establishing the sci-fi genre in American media and in film. And I'm curious about if there were sci-fi things before this and they just weren't very iconic or very high budget or well-produced or as 
you yeah. know, all encompassing and as mm-hmm. giant, or if this yeah. really is a beginning. Well, I don't really, I'm not too, too sure in terms of the roots of science fiction, but I, I know that, for example, I think like science fiction had a pretty big heyday in like the fifties and sixties, didn't it? Um, maybe, I, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. If anyone, if anyone, you know, anyone listening to me right now who knows more, this is my amateur, amateur opinion. Um, but so for example, things that I think of that are related um like dune for example was written i think in the 60s um and i think there are definite influences between that and star wars and now and 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 the interesting thing is that science fiction wise i do think it is quite groundbreaking i think like my mom told me a few times about like going and seeing it in the theater in, in 1977 and being like what like it was it was so new they were like what on earth and uh, not on earth, but um, (laughs) like just being blown away by it. And so I think that it was quite groundbreaking in that way. And the influence, when I, when I mentioned the Japanese influence, from what I understand, it's more, it's actually from Japanese period pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. And one in particular that gets referenced a lot is Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. And um, I watched it leading into this actually, because I was curious, lots of the articles about it, people will will say um, it was stolen from or it was blah 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 I don't know I I want I have to wonder if some of that is trying to create a bit of sensation about it because I mean stories are based on other stories right yeah and and the hidden fortress had elements that I recognized but I didn't look at it and be like whoa George Lucas made this movie again but in space that's not the case it's there's influences in lots of places I think the characters C-3PO, R2-D2, even Han and Luke and obviously Leia and, and Obi-Wan and, and tons of it and Darth Vader, like they're all influenced by, I think, different characters in that movie, but it's not like it's a carbon copy straight across. So I don't know. I don't know if I agree with the term stealing in that sense, um, but definitely a heavy influence. And I think George Lucas has said himself that it was as Interesting. well. I mean, obviously I can't comment on whether or not it was stolen since yeah. I haven't seen it, no. but, but, you know, I, I do believe that there can be inspiration taken from other, I mean, all art is inspired usually by other exactly. art. Exactly. Like you've <laughs> so, seen something and then written something or, valid. or, or like what's fan fiction, you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we know anything about art, we can say that 50 shades of gray is an artistic homage to another great art, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's, there, and that's I what think. I have to say about art. Yep. I've brought up Twilight too many times for anyone to take uh, me seriously from this point yeah. onwards. Um, let it be known. I never read the books and I've only watched the movies because they're hilarious mm-hmm. and nostalgia. The reason I'm very curious about this supposed or possible Eastern, um, Asian heritage mm-hmm. is because one thing that my therapist brought up when I was telling her about my podcast mm. is how similar the force is to the concept of your chi. Yes, absolutely. And I'm very interested in the sort of inherent spirituality of Star Wars Mm -hmm. because I'm curious about how often that's discussed because the force is this enigmatic, all-encompassing, thematic element throughout these films. And it's so vague and interesting at the same time, sometimes very specific, sometimes not. And sometimes there's ghosts. Yeah. that live in it so I'm very curious yeah. about how spiritual it is do you find do you believe that it's a, a spiritual element and how, how do you relate to or understand the concept of the force I do think it is and often like the Jedi themselves are referred to or maybe not often but but it happens they're referred to as monks in in lots of situations 
Okay. Um, Not in these films though, are they? I, I didn't Only a couple that times in the films, I think. And maybe in, it might be in wider things, but there, I know there's somewhere that the Jedi, like someone calls them monks or something. In episode four in A New Hope, when uh, the one guy's talking about how Vader hasn't been able to conjure up the plans, he says like that ancient religion um, yeah. different stuff like that so i i, do I think refer it's refer to it as a yeah. religion it's absolutely sure. very spiritual uh, uh, spiritual <laughs> and yes. so i would say in that east asian influence for example of 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 chi and that kind of stuff it, it totally is it's very yin and yang and it's very um very much up that alley and i think that the the jedi and stuff themselves i i would say definitely have some of like that kind of influence and definitely like some samurai uh, visuals I think it's funny because I think the force kind of warps through the whole thing obviously both in the media itself and in the perception because when those first ones were coming out every new movie the force had new abilities it could do that you didn't know about right because right. in in the new hope it, it does whichever things and then in the empire strikes back Luke is able to pull his lightsaber to himself um, and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is able to appear uh, mm-hmm. not just speak to him as he's flying the x-wing down the trench but appear like in the you know flesh <laughs> He's a little force um, ghost. Exactly. And, and stuff like that. Uh, and just, it can always do more things in, in return of the Jedi. It's able to, you can electrocute people with it, blah, blah, blah. Um, it gets maybe slightly less spiritual in the prequels when they introduce metachlorians, but I still think of it as like a, it's, it's a spiritual analog. I would say like adamantly that that is true. Right. It, it definitely feels that way, at least to me as a viewer. And yeah. Um, connecting it to the idea of the chi, when I was looking up more about the chi, it was very, the language is very similar. It's a force. Mm-hmm. The chi is quite, I mean, correct me, anyone who knows more about the chi, let me know. But from what I read, it it seems very much like the concept of the chi A is common in a lot of different cultures and it has different yeah. names. But um, in the source that I was reading, it was described as the force that runs through all life. Exactly. And it's and all around. It's all yeah. around and it can be, you know, it's, it's a part of you and it's a part of your surroundings and it, it, it connects mm-hmm. all living things to each other. And I was like, damn, yeah. somebody tell George Lucas. So here's my question. Okay. This, I've been thinking yeah. about this for a while now because okay. this is a thought that I had in the second movie, in the second yeah. of the original trilogy. Do not ask me the name. Episode five. Too many names. Back. My God. I think it's this, the episode five where Luke is being trained by Yoda. Yes. Yes. And so that's sort of as the audience member uh, watching it for the first time, that's really the first time anyone talks about the force Mm -hmm. um, in a concrete way. And Yoda is like, and someone who knows about it. Someone who's like, who's literally a master. Not that Obi-Wan is not, but he's uh, busy. And and he gives him like lessons on a ship. It's not the same. And And he wasn't like the master, like as you come to see. Yeah, exactly. And and he made some big judgment errors so i don't know if he really gets to you know so did so did yoda we'll so, get to that true. later that's fine. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> true they, many of them did they all did yeah the prequels show that everyone was stupid um <laughs> but <laughs> the prequels show that no, everybody trusted palpatine for some fucking reason that well, i cannot understand it's i love it in the last jedi when luke's just like at the height of their power the jedi allowed a Sith Lord to rise and like destroy them. And it's like, yeah, there yeah, it is. Literally. Thank you for yeah. saying it because it's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that 
in that section where Yoda is describing the force and what mm-hmm. he can do and how to harness it and what the weaknesses are and mm-hmm. what makes you vulnerable to the dark mm-hmm. side since that has mm-hmm. been established for so long. Yeah. Here's what I got, okay? And like, feel free to expand on it. But what I got is that the force is, you know, all encompassing. It, it, it can be harnessed in some ways for these abilities that you have. But the general idea is in order to use it, mm-hmm. your, your best shot is to remain calm in mm-hmm. moments of crisis. It is to not give into your anger and your hatred, but mm-hmm. to focus on the compassion and the connection between people. It mm-hmm. seems to me like it's a very um, empathetic, compassion-based resource mm-hmm. and that the, the negative effects or the negative side, the dark side is uh, largely shaped by anger, by hatred, by, you know, quick judgments, fear, fear um, aggression. I can see how this conceptualization of the force and using it for Jedis can, can create some pretty obvious challenges for male Jedis. Mm-hmm. I can see that because I can see how the challenge of overcoming your aggression and fear and mm-hmm. hatred and anger in a mm-hmm. moment of especially high tension and committing to calmness and, and you know, all that is a challenge, especially for men. And that is interesting, especially for Luke, who's like a teenager. Mm. However, if this is the metric by which we are understanding people's relationship with the force, mm-hmm. Wouldn't the masters, the best, the top fucking Jedi's, wouldn't they be women? <laughs> yeah, you would, uh, you would think. And actually, so there is, this can be kind of a, like, I don't know. I, want, I don't want it to sound like kind of a cop-out. There's a lot of extended Star Wars media, but there's a character who I really wish, um, she's, she's gotten into live action stuff now with, uh, Season two of The Mandalorian. It's been out long enough. We all knew it was coming. Okay, that's not a spoiler. Um, uh, but I think you'd really enjoy some of her stuff. I should compile a list of you. Ahsoka Tano. She's in The Clone Wars and Rebels, okay. which are these two animated series. Yeah. Um, and she appeared in The Mandalorian as well. And so she is one of the most, I think, powerful force users canonically. I don't, no one precisely quote me on that, but she's very powerful. <laughs> Someone will um, quote you on that. And she has a very interesting arc of falling out with the Jedi Order, um, which has to do with kind of that, like the force is this way, but what's up with like this weird, like this this order that never changes and is blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because you're right. You know, it's about mastering those emotions. And so, yeah, you would think that- And, and if I may go a step- emotion. May I go a step further? And I may. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, it's your show. Not, not, thank you. Uh, <laughs> not only, not only would I think women be the best Jedis, mm-hmm. women of color would mm-hmm. be running that shit. Okay. Yeah. Because knowing how to um, combat your own aggression in moments of high tension is yeah. literally- bred into us because the second you showcase any emotion your entire argument or you know stance is (laughs) invalidated Mm -hmm. and so there's I've received training not formal but informal training in my life to learn how to have very intense conversations and be intense moments and remain Mm -hmm. calm because my Mm -hmm. aggression does Mm -hmm. not support what I'm trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. I think 
that all the masters should be women of color. I think yeah. Yoda is a woman of color. <laughs> and that's nice. my stance on Yoda is that Yoda he's, certainly uh, he's is awesome. Green. He's green as hell. And, <laughs> um, and you know what? Why not? Why can't he just be a woman of color? It's, I think it's possible. Yeah. It's a shame that um, the, like the, I guess, you know, there are only a few, which is a problem, but the notable, I mean, the notable female Jedi aren't super central to any of the story. Like the most you get to see of, of some of them is like Ayla Sakura getting gunned down on Felucia during order 66. Right. Like, yes. Um, which I think was like a three second scene. Exactly. Um, and she's pretty tight, but like, it, that's the thing is, is so much it's, it's, that's getting into the idea that so much of Star Wars has has grown outside of of the films themselves. Which is For whole, sure, and whole, and you know I don't want to beat a dead Jedi, but I think that <laughs> I think that like the the conversation about about you know male and female character no, you're, dynamics you're right, and uh, patriarchy in yeah. Star Wars is an obvious thing to point out. And I yes. I don't I'm sure I'm not the very first person to come to these conclusions yeah. because I'm just watching these movies now and millions of people have watched them before I have and yeah. many many people also think about women. Look, um unlike the creators of these movies apparently. That's the thing I was to say look let's get it out there. Star Wars has historically had a lot of trouble with diversity. You yeah, know what? Yeah, I think let's we call can a spade it. a spade. <laughs> we can probably deal with that in the opening uh, opening <laughs> salvos here like I each, that each of the a... first two trilogies basically had their token like male black character okay who was a set you know i gotta um, say i gotta say six movies right the first six movies yeah and each trilogy had one female character yes yeah and i was like hang on there's no other women in the galaxy you're yeah. telling me we can go from planet except to planet. like luke's aunt you're She's telling around. me we can meet <laughs> fucking jar jar binks you're telling me to give a shit about Jar Jar fucking Binks, okay? Oh, and and, and yet there. there's no like like and on any planet, mm-hmm. you go to fucking Ewoks. There's no female yeah. Ewoks. I mean, they are, but they don't talk. I'm guessing, yeah. so that's why I don't know them. Yeah. And fucking, we don't bump into like a female Wookie. No. Like, who's creating these aliens? Where that's are they the coming thing. from? It's yeah, it is, and that's something that, like I said, with my with my um love of these things that's something i've come into my own as i've discovered all that stuff in in my own life at large um through my development you know like different social dynamics and issues yeah and everything. And i it's, mean it's a it's a glaring <laughs> weak point in yeah. in this series and it's something that i struggle with i i profess to love this thing and every time i think about it i'm like oh man though they really could have could uh it's it's in space dude the rule you can make up the rules like (laughs) come on it's like speaking of dune it's like speaking of dune it's like someone said this to me once so i can't say this is my own thought she had a really good point i was talking to people i didn't really know about it otherwise i would have expressed this myself but she said um she said it's like you're making your own like world why does it still have to be sexist exactly if you're and creating an entire like, galaxy you're creating yeah. a whole universe to be explored and yet yeah. the follies of human behavior mm-hmm. are still at mm-hmm. the forefront and, and all these alien races that also have like gender binary it's like dude. yeah it's so funny you want to know what the first by the way i mean i don't know if you know this already you might but in the original trilogy yeah i spotted some women of color and i was very excited about it i was like oh we have it. Can you guess where they were? Oh, come on. Was it in the cantina slash Mos Eisley? 
or was it okay those are just words to me i've only seen these movies once. okay oh yeah sorry so <laughs> the city the city on tatooine where they go and then that like bar but no that's not it is it um damn it okay time's up yeah i, I blew through like it's four okay. of these in a couple of days okay. trying to catch up no, no, so that's remember. totally fine because blink and you'll miss them exactly. um in Jabba the Hutt's little fortress, he has some dancers. I'm assuming they are also sex workers. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're workers, if they're being held against their will, but- um, I think there's a different word for I that kind of work, it's yeah. something else. And, um, and yes, yeah, so there are uh, women on, uh, chained, and that's the first yep. like black and Asian woman I saw in the series. And I was like, damn, yep. what relatable content. I too have played a prostitute in front of <laughs> in front of other people. I too have had that be the only character I played in a play. The relatable yeah. content. It's not good. It's not good. You, you hate, hate to see, to see it. it. Uh, it's a tough, it's a tough look and for I'm our series. I'm pretty sure one of them folks. gets thrown into the pit to be eaten right after that. The yeah. rancor. Yep. So it's I think she's a Twi'lek, so like an alien technically, but don't still a call woman. us I don't aliens. Know. That's, sorry, Zach, that's not even okay. A point. We are just from outside of this country originally. <laughs> that's racist dogma. <laughs> anyway, you caught me. <laughs> Zach being a racist again. Ran it in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was fascinating that those were the first and only women of color that I spotted in the original trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. They were women mm-hmm. that were chained and I'm assuming being assaulted. Haha. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not great. Not a good look, but yeah, I find it. I find it fascinating. I also, honestly, find it to be what keeps me from getting too empathetically involved in a lot of the story. Yeah. Because if I'm being honest, if I can get real for a sec, it's not that I don't empathize with white people or white men Uh-oh. specifically. It's not that I can't yeah. empathize with them. I just find the story. To be less interesting if it doesn't have women in it yeah. i'll be honest if you if your story oh. has no female characters i'm just less invested i just give less of a shit about yeah. what's going on and yeah. i remember the very first moment in the entire series where i shed a tear i shed an actual tear or two okay and it happened in at the end of movie number seven mm-hmm. and yes han solo is dead but mm-hmm. that's not when I cried. It no. was when Ray got off the ship and she hugged Leia and they held mm-hmm. each other. And there was this meaningful, powerful moment of loss. Mm-hmm. And also these characters mm-hmm. are meeting, I think, for the first time. And mm-hmm. it was, I think, the first real meaningful moment between two female mm-hmm. characters. And mm-hmm. it didn't even have words. And it was still mm-hmm. sort of about a male character. But it was powerful to me to have yeah. these women hold each other in their grief mm-hmm. and, and in their pain and to acknowledge that. I cried yeah. at the first sign of two female characters yeah. having a moment. Yeah. And I was so starved for six movies yeah. for a single moment of emotional connection in these yeah. films. And yeah. I think part of that also comes from the fact that some of these movies are so much older and yeah. I know so much about them already that it's hard totally. for me to have yeah. emotional reactions to stuff that I know mm-hmm. is going to happen. But a big mm-hmm. part of that is that, yeah, I just got a bunch of dudes pointing guns at each other and that's yeah. fine, that that's your movie, A-OK. Yeah. It's not what's going to 
tug at my heartstrings. At its core, if you strip back everything, the elements of the story can be for everyone, but the way it's told and the way it's portrayed is, is it's not, it's, it's not for everyone. It's for me, yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's, Oh, and, it's totally for you. Love and it's always you. been something I, I connect to because of that. And only in my like later developmental life, obviously when I was a child, I didn't like recognize that per se, but I realized that more and more and watching it again, watching the empire strikes back again last summer even because it was playing in a theater i was like yeah i would go check that out there's times where i'm like oof like it's not that everything has to be tailored to everyone um but it's just that it is very much doesn't always have something for everyone and i think there's something that i'm trying to do with this podcast series where i i want to criticize these things not just because i think they should all be criticized because i think everything should be you should critique things that you like criticizing things is a part of (laughs) it's a part of being involved in art is, you know, critically examining that art. And I'm an artist and it's what I do. But I think what I find so fascinating, and if we can talk about fandom for a second, is that there seems to be a bit of a hesitance to critically examine this work that was produced so long ago. Because the thing is, I recognize that although the entire thing is set in space it wasn't produced in space it was produced here on earth by white people by white men so i understand why the the breakdowns and the demographics and the story is being told the way that it is and by the people that it is and it's focused on the people that it is i get it i'm not crazy i get it but what i find fascinating is the resistance to recognizing Mm -hmm. the bias there and the the resistance to criticize and the resistance to lost. criticism. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make as much sense totally. to me. And I, totally. I, I do think that there's a bit of a gendered issue there because, and I think I was mentioning this to you before, this might be a bit of a reach <laughs> and that's fine. Um, but I think that a lot of young girls, myself included, mm-hmm. grow up knowing that the things that they enjoy are going to be criticized and they watch the media that they love be criticized by the masses all the time. I remember one of the series that I did enjoy that I was a fan of to some degree, but I was never Mm. part of the fandom per se, but I like, I grew up with the hunger games and Mm. I read the Mm. books and Mm. I watched the movies and I loved the story until the third book came out and ruined everything. But (laughs) tragique, my guy. This one's for Finnick. (laughs) Honestly. Um, However, even as these things were popular, they were being criticized. Yes. And what I think the gendered aspect here is that a lot of uh, the fan base for Star Wars, at least a lot of the very vocal fan base for Star Wars is men. And, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of men hold this material very dear to their hearts mm-hmm. and no one's knocking the nostalgia. I get it. Yeah. But I find it interesting that perhaps the lack of criticism for this media that you know not that there isn't a lack not that there is a lack of criticism yeah. but the lack of broad scale across culture criticism yeah. of this media leads people to believe yeah. that it's above criticism yeah would you say that that's something that you experience or have seen i i think so yes um and i think it reaches into this thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is where is the line between creator and consumer and who, you know, like possesses the material. Um, but I can, to, to speak at first for the criticism, even 
six years ago a friend of mine pointed out that's like yeah there's like two black characters in the first six movies and I was like yeah, yeah. I mean well whatever yeah. I was at I was at a different stage then than I am now and, and whatever but I also kind of wanted to be like yeah but you know just because like you know things you like being criticized you tend to want to defend things that you enjoy since then obviously I'm like yeah that's a glaring glaring issue obviously uh, it's a problem <laughs> exactly um but absolutely I agree with your point about the biggest and most vocal fan base because as I'm sure we'll get to that is something I have a lot of thoughts on regarding the shift from the last Jedi to the rise of Skywalker and the conclusion of all of this there's a whole smack of things that go into that so it's a bigger answer but yeah I think I would agree that the people who take this thing and hold it very near and dear to themselves many of them won't stand for it to be criticized or the people that that criticism will typically come from they won't stand to listen to and I think there's actually quite a sense of entitlement in there as well uh, oh for sure <laughs> uh, yeah sorry oh, yeah. hot take um <laughs> people are entitled you know uh but but right. you know what I mean I think that's so much Men of it is, are entitled? is they're like this is mine this was made yeah. for me I grew up with this um shut up you know like yeah. uh and and that's no good right because yeah if you don't if you don't critique it and criticize it and 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 give that it never changes right and well i think some people are absolutely fine with it not changing that's and the I thing and that, I, yeah, those same people right like they don't want it people. to change lots of people are happy with no change so i find it fascinating that there's so many themes of you know compassion of mm-hmm. love of growth of good and like found family doing the right thing. thing yeah like so many themes and so many political ideas about mm-hmm. progress and and power and oppression mm-hmm. and somehow it goes over a bunch of people's heads it's have you ever seen um there's i think it's a it's a meme that's been made for a few things but it'll be whatever content is here in this little face looking at it and all the messages it's trying to tell are shooting over the top um of that person looking at it and then the person has like a dotted line going and it just says wow cool whatever so in star wars it'd be like wow cool spaceship cool like laser yeah. etc whereas all those themes like, of oh, oppression and power and compassion and 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 all that are just going way over people's heads and they're not i i don't know this sounds i i don't mean to suggest that like anyone's not smart enough to to get it i don't mean that but it's <laughs> it's it's hey i'll suggest it yeah it's (laughs) it's like when people say keep politics out of x y or z you know it's like you can't okay that argument is very funny for star wars because the whole thing is political can i can i be honest when i first started watching these movies my very first thought the sec actually i had two thoughts okay and i'll tell you what they both are my first thought as soon as i started watching the very first movie was oh my Mm. god these are war movies that's it. Why is there a Senate? Yeah, I was like, hang on. <laughs> this is a war. I just signed up for nine war movies. Oh my God. Because I forgot. Yeah. I compl- Even though war is in the title, I forgot because yeah. I was focused on the star part. On the label. I was just focused on the sci-fi. <laughs> I was like, ooh, it's, it's going to be spaceships and there's going to be lots of stars. It's going to be yeah. fun. Um, and I forgot that the whole time it's a war. Yeah. 
completely forgot about that. And the second it started, I was like, oh my God, there's a lot of deaths yeah. going on. I was, I was like, oh <laughs> fuck, especially that first one, yeah. A New Hope. They blow yeah. up a couple of planets. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, but I think that's the point. I think that's what it's trying to do. <laughs> when fucking Leia has to watch Alderaan get blown up, I was like, oh, oh dude. And then um, Obi-Wan's like, as it was as if a thousand people cried out. Yes. Oh, that um, And then we're silenced. Oh my God. That well, line. and that's that idea of the spirituality of the force, right? That Obi-Wan Kenobi who doesn't know what's going on, but is connected to the force as a Jedi feels like that ripple exactly. through, through the force connecting all life and, and has to like sit down. Because it's so much pain. It's so much death. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was very moving, very mm-hmm. intense, but you know, mm-hmm. makes sense. The whole thing is about war. So I think, I think the the non-political angle for Star Wars is hilarious. Um, But here's the second thought, okay, that I had when I started watching um, the Star Wars movies is that I am owed an apology by the person in my high school who used to call me Raha the Hutt, okay? That is offensive. And I didn't know that. I thought this whole time we were friends. Turns out I was being bullied. I, I, I was a fat teen. So that's inappropriate and very mean. You're being called like a massive slug gangster. Yeah. And I'm starting a fight about it um, right now. Pretty mean. So those are my two thoughts is, oh my God, this is a war movie. And uh, hey, what the fuck? That was rude. I am not a hut. I'm just raw hut. My God. I am um, not a hut. But yeah, the non-political angle is very funny. Are there, are yeah. there a lot of people that don't want to see the politics in Star Wars? Uh, lots of this is going to come on assumptions because I have to assume there are because I feel like a lot of people who typically fit into the crowd of look, you shouldn't generalize, but we're going to call it the Star Wars fanboy um, will be in that kind of grouping where they want to see their thing and they don't want it to be about all this stuff that they are let's say sick of hearing about don't grasp or don't care to grasp whatever else right it's It's like so hard to hear about oppression shut up so yeah i think there's a decent amount of that same demographic who are the most vocal who are going to be like ah don't try and say things to me don't teach me lessons don't don't put morals in the And, and you know for every for every like Star Wars fanboy that we're discussing for lack of a better term. I think it's also valid to bring up that of course there are so many people that love Star Wars that aren't yeah. in that camp. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of that, let's talk a bit about the last few movies. So one could say there was a pretty big shift when a little known company bought the series rhymes with Misney. Yeah, a pretty small time acquisition, I think. Yeah, I think they definitely didn't spend any money on that and they probably just got it for free. And yeah. And they didn't, um, they definitely don't own all of media everywhere. So Mm -hmm. what effect, because I know this was a big deal. I wasn't even watching the movies. I wasn't even involved at all. And I know that this was a big deal to people who enjoy these films. And so what, what difference do you think that that made to the series? And tell me a little bit about how that played out in those last few movies. Yeah. Okay. So depending who you are listening to this and how far your engagement goes, um, my engage. So the star Wars extended universe, do you know that phrase? Do you know what that means? I know that there's a million star Wars. Yes. Okay. Like projects. So before, but before that, don't even think about all the Disney projects, wipe your mind of anything before this, Mm -hmm. what existed outside of those six star Wars movies was this immense 
immense interwoven network of media um, spanning all the way back to before the prequels with stuff called like the old Republic and, and, and more things before that. And there were storylines that went past the return of the Jedi already. Um, and the EU is what it's usually referred to. So extended universe, the European, European union, European union. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and it was, listen, I, people have different takes on it. I think it got very bloated um, okay. because it got to she the got point. Sick. Exactly. But it got to the point where every avenue had almost like been explored already. The extended universe, this massive, massive thing. When Disney bought Star Wars, they essentially wiped that slate clean. They said the extended universe is no longer canon. Okay. Right? So all of these things are no longer the official, the canon story. Right. right? So, sorry, I know I'm cutting you off. But yeah, okay. for the Star Wars fans, that must yes. have been a massive loss. Depending who you are. For lots of people, yes. Because there were so many stories and so many characters who appear in that extended universe, but never in the main body, obviously, because they were created afterwards. Um, and there are many, many very beloved characters within that. Uh, and like, in my opinion, there's no way you could make the sequel trilogy without doing that. Right. You, the story's already been made. You can't do anything you can't rewrite so it they, you can simply erase it yeah. yeah and now i think it all exists as something called legends canon okay um all of that extended universe stuff is out there but so that's that was the first thing that happened i think with the acquisition pretty much right like it's like okay that's gone so i mean just as, like, what? just as much yeah. as it is a big loss it is also an endless sea of opportunity now for yeah. for new stories exactly. to be told as i'm exactly. sure they have been yeah. i know they have been they have been, and they have been being. They've been. Told. They've that's, been that's what right. we saw. That's what this. It's exactly. I know. There's a that's baby Yoda. In the sequel trilogies. Yeah, exactly. The Mandalorian. Which, speaking of intersectional Star Wars, actually is uh, doing a lot more lifting in that respect. It's been. It's. They've had their first female directors, their first female of color directors. Ming Na Wen is uh, in it a few times, and she's. Uh, she's awesome. Love that. She's going to be an action lead in uh, the book of Boba Fett, which is another series that they're nice. doing, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I know that Appa from Kim's Convenience is he also is in it as well. Yep. And yep. Hence, he shows up. A few I am times. interested in watching it. So, you know, good things are going on. Anyway, I digress. The point is that Disney acquisition saw the end of the extended universe, which I think a lot of people we're not so happy with. So you've, I think you've then, you've got people like me who are kind of like, oh, I, I wasn't super engaged with the EU. So I only knew some of it. Right. And I like, so the loss of it, I was like, yeah, but you have to, right? You're going to make more. You need to do that. Right. Um, so I was never wounded by it per se. There were characters I liked who I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, but never so invested that I was like upset. But this leads us to the, the new films. And so yes. in the new films, I know that people were mad about the rise of Skywalker. Okay. Yes. I know that because I don't live under a rock yes. and um, I'm curious about the whole thing. Yeah, so, I mm -hmm. just watched the movies. Yeah. I didn't go on Twitter to get the takes. Yeah. I so, just watched the movies. I saw the takes when they were happening long ago. So the now thing I don't is, remember. The thing is that started, I think here, because the reason that you have what you had in, in the rise of Skywalker and you had the thoughts and feelings that you did is because of what happened from the acquisition to the force awakens. People have mixed thoughts on that to the last Jedi. People have very mixed thoughts on that, which leads you to 
to a very divided base going into the rise of Skywalker. Right. Um, so no matter what rise of Skywalker would have been, people were going to be mad. And that's I, also a look, question that I have is everyone's mad. People hate new Star Wars movies they ever since 1983. Anybody, Any Star Wars movie that has come out after that, they hate it. Does anybody you can't win. want them anymore? You I just don't know if people profess wants to them. want them, but it seems like you can't win. And look, I know, like, look, as we agreed, there's not one type of Star Wars fan. I know lots of yeah. you out there are probably like me and just enjoy getting some new Star Wars, you know? that's And that's what I told myself, actually, after I finished The Rise of Skywalker. I was like, oh, I didn't really, I don't know. It was Star Wars. It was fine. But I've <laughs> thought about it a lot more since, and it was not fine. Um, but the thing is, what's funny is that I think that with The Rise of Skywalker, you have people saying it's not fine for very different reasons. So what is um, you, what do you think is not fine about it? Oh, man. Like, give me the so, greatest hits. Okay. Give me the big problems. The important thing is that I am a firm believer that The Last Jedi is a great Star Wars movie. Okay? All right. That's Let's important to understand. I am very much pro The Last Jedi. I, I think that very much sets the scene for your reaction to Rise of Skywalker. It does. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. Before we get into this. So tell me, give me like three to four reasons that you love The Last Jedi. Okay. And then we'll get into the reasons why you don't like The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, The Last Jedi. Um, my biggest overarching one is that The Last Jedi did what The Empire Strikes Back did. It took risks, it made new decisions, and it told like a bold and dark story. Yeah, okay, three reasons. It was it was bold and unapologetic, I think. It, it did new things. Um, the Force Dyad, I thought, it was really cool in The Last Jedi. Like, again, new movies in the original trilogy, a new movie meant new ability that the Force has. So that Force dyad, I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I love how it, people were, some people said that it didn't really consider the prequels or anything like that. I thought it was very referential to the prequels. There are many shots that are reminiscent. Uh, Luke talks about the flaws of the Jedi. And that's what I'm getting to is, is it, it's look at itself. It's look at the Jedi. It's look at all of that and, and, old master Luke, I think they, I think minus like maybe a couple things, I think they nailed him. Like, I don't think he would try and kill his nephew. He might have a moment where he thinks about it, but I do think that he would be smarter than just trying to wade into the fight and beat shit up. You know, that's not who Luke Skywalker is. He refused to kill his dad and then the emperor almost killed him. You know, he's not gonna, I think that, I thought that he was really, really um, interestingly fleshed out as the old Jedi master he would have become. He blames himself for everything that happened. He's a recluse, like he saw Yoda being, like he's sticking to all these things. And I love that conversation he has with Yoda. Like that, the when Yoda says we are what they grow beyond and that's the true burden of all masters, I felt that. Yeah. Like of lines in all movies, I was like, holy shit, that was good. It was powerful. Uh, and so that's the thing. I think that that movie listen, <laughs> I don't know who you are that you're going to be listening to this. I'm, I'm staunchly <laughs> pro and I will. And, and, you know, I have to stress, this is one Star Wars fan's opinion, obviously. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. That's the point of what I'm doing. Yeah. This is not Think what you want. I'm not going to yeah, Okay, you. cool. So that's why we love, that's why you love. <laughs> that's why I love it. Yeah. That's why you love The Last Jedi. Yeah. Love that. Cool. That sets me up to try and understand your reaction to Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What do you think they destroyed in the Rise okay. of Skywalker that they had built in The Last okay. Jedi? A last note on, on that note of it being bold, The Last Jedi, is that the play that Rey is nobody. Because yes. before the Skywalker name enters, Luke was nobody too. The point of the story was that it can be anyone. Like very Spider-Man in that way, I think, where it's like, 
you know, like when in Spider-Verse, when Miles is like, you can wear the mask. Like it's, it's some farm boy on Tatooine who is, and like, I know he's an orphan who was blah, blah, blah. It connects back fine. But the point is just someone out there yeah, and be the person that changes it all. And I loved that. And they, so the last Jedi drove it into the ground. Yeah. The last Jedi. Okay. The, I, if I have to sum up what I'm mad about, I think it's the treatment of so many characters, mainly the female ones, but also John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. Um, your only Latinx guy used to be a drug runner. I don't know. Um, and for no reason, there's no, I'll get into it, but Poe Dameron re his family character wise, no reason for that. Um, (laughs) there was the undoing a bunch of the stuff that Ryan Johnson introduced as plots in the last Jedi. So uh, right. like Ray is nobody instead. She's a Skywalker. No worse. No, she's, she's a Palpatine. A Palpatine. Um, and that's, that's what sums it. A there's those issues of mistreatment. There's um, those issues of, of retconning and choking the film on its own history. Um, and then it's the fact that for me personally, the fact that the villain is just once again, Emperor Palpatine, he didn't die. What was it all for? Yeah, what was the point? What did all the characters in the original in, uh, the original trilogy sacrifice anything for? Yeah. If, if he's just still alive. Like, I know they still beat the Empire and, like, the New Republic was created, blah, 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 blah. But really, what did any of them sacrifice for? And at the same time, he was still building the fleet. He was still building the First Order. Exactly. So no, the New Republic was never really a thing because there was always an adversary. Exactly. And it makes the First Order even way less interesting. Because at first it it was this guy who was idolizing the wrong version of Darth Vader, who didn't know what happened to him at the end, that he killed the Emperor and like destroyed the Empire. You know, he didn't know that. And that was so interesting. Um, and then the fact that like, I don't know, it just, it was a colossal combination of things that just at every turn felt like it undid everything before it, which when you're lauding a movie as the conclusion of, you know, 40 years of this story, and that's what you do. And they wouldn't even take a single risk. And that's, that's, it's all of this combined. So I don't know what the biggest thing is, but we can move on if you don't want to get into it now. But that's the thing is there were no high stakes choices that lasted. I personally had no interest in her being someone famous's child. No, or whatever. I was so annoyed by that because so much of, sorry, were you going to keep going? Well, I mean, I just think, like you said, the whole point of this, of Ray. I felt right from the beginning, as soon as she was introduced, the whole point of Ray was that there, yes, the force is still alive. The force, I mean, of course it is, but the force still lives on in in Jedi's. It just, they're not being trained. The old orders are gone, but these powers are still out there. Exactly. And so, you know, it sort of keeps that spiritual element alive that, you know, there, this, the force lives in us and through us and connects us to each other and to all living things and so ray just some girl which by the way i thought it was very funny that even in this movie produced in the 2010s or whenever the fuck it was produced that even in this movie there's still only enough female characters in this film there's such few female characters in this film that they can refer to the protagonist as the girl and everyone is knows exactly who they're talking about because they're like ah yes the girl the one girl anyway um but it's I liked 
even though I despise their usage of the girl, it was mm-hmm. accurate, but it was annoying. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting that mm-hmm. she was just some girl. That's the thing. She wasn't anyone. She's and just I know some girl. It's important. And to why m- not? Yeah, why exactly. Not? Why not be just some girl? There are lots of very important people that start off as just some girl. Just some, yeah, exactly. And and it was so, it was so cool. I think in the last Jedi, because after the Force Awakens, we, I say we, like we were all wondering who Ray was. Was she going to be somebody, or was she like? Yeah. And and the thoughts were maybe Skywalker, maybe Kenobi. People were like, oh, maybe Palpatine, and then people were like, maybe she's not anybody. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool that they did that. That she just was no one, because. You know, there's so much Skywalker focus in obviously the first three because that's the point. But then the prequels is all about Anakin and his fall, which is an interesting story. But it's still same, same thing all the time. And it's just it's being choked to death on itself. It's just it's it's the Last Jedi. I feel like had an understanding of what it was building on and did some interesting things. The Rise of Skywalker had a warped understanding of what it was building on and just. Just, I, it's, it's tough. Cause it's weird. I always feel like I say, stop taking this stuff so seriously. It's media. It's a movie. <laughs> but the thing is, I think is that you're taking, I think people are taking the wrong things seriously. Cause, cause yeah, it's a movie, but the issues that are bigger than the movie are, are the ones I think that get like bulldozed kind of. Um, yeah. Those are the ones that are touted as politics. Exactly. Now, speaking of weird movies, I'm curious. I know we didn't really touch on the prequels, so I want to talk about them just for a little bit. Oh, I'd love to. Let's um, yeah, let's do it. Because I'm fascinated by the prequels. Oh, they are such a cultural artifact They're in terms so of so strange, dude. So strange. As soon as the first one started, I was like, "Why?" Sorry, but hang on. We know what happens next. Why am I supposed to give a shit about this? Yeah. And I know that the big arc in that storyline is the is the fall of Anakin Skywalker, his rise and then fall. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, his humble beginnings as a slave Mm -hmm. and no one's son, by the way, who's his dad? Why is he Jesus? What's the immaculate conception? Uh, Yeah. Why there? She's like, there's no father. And so, and Qui-Gon asks no further questions. Yeah. I can't remember canonically there's, so it is that metachlorians, like the, those things that they talk about being in people's blood that dictate yeah. the force and, and whatever. Um, Weird concept. I know but okay. it was odd, but there's uh the idea is that somehow the force like made Anakin happen. Yeah. See, okay. My problem with all of this, the whole midi-chlorian blood thing is like, why, why, why bring it down to I genetics? I think they just want to get science about it kind of. That's, you know, that's like the sign, the wrong kind. Honestly, that's the wrong kind of science fiction. I when agree. you're bringing it down to bloodline, I think it's the wrong kind of science fiction. Because no, how close are we to eugenics? Exactly. Just saying, just yeah. putting it out there. No. If you wanted to create a Jedi, exactly. do you harvest the midi-chlorians? And here's the um, thing. I can't remember if this is canon or just a theory or what, but there is a thought that Palpatine influenced Metachlorians to create Anakin, which has a whole thing about body autonomy and some big issues. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember if that's actually a thing or if it's just something that was batted around. So don't don't quote me on that. But it's yeah, it's an immaculate conception idea. I'm quoting you on everything. That's fair. Anakin (laughs) is supposed to be the chosen one slash savior of the the Force, whatever. So the immaculate conception, I think, is just an overt Jesus reference 
It really um, is. I was like, why is he Jesus? Yeah. It makes no sense. And like, not just biologically, but just like in the story, I don't yeah. really understand why. Maybe he like, couldn't no you just father? have a dad who's not a, like, maybe he wasn't around. So you don't have to worry about the character. Like, yeah. You know? Maybe he's like, <laughs> he's, he's a, a slave, slave boy. Like it's so it's, it's, it's fine that maybe his family's not intact. Yeah. Very strange. But also moving forward from that, there is so much father, son, Mm -hmm. familial mm -hmm. thematic element there's so much thematic elements is a great sentence there are so many father-son <laughs> yeah. related thematic elements yeah. throughout this series I, and it's interesting yeah. to me that they focus so much on bloodlines yeah i guess especially with the way that the end of the story yeah. they focus so much on bloodlines when that's what it's all this, about uh, and it thing. sort of feels like there's uh, it, it almost feels like there's a sort of contest going on. There's a sort of competition going on between bloodlines and this all-encompassing idea of the mm -hmm. force. Mm -hmm. And I personally don't like it when they mix the two no. and make it seem like the force is hereditary yeah. and passed down yeah. through a bloodline because then is it all-encompassing? Yeah. Is it is it really a connection in all yeah. living things or is it a connection passed down between this lineage of white people? I do find and it, sorry. Yeah, I just don't I just don't see how it then connects to the larger yeah. galaxy and the how someone can feel mm -hmm. the death of a million people mm -hmm. on this planet mm -hmm. if it's being passed down through a bloodline. And of course yeah. there's other Jedi's as we know. Mm -hmm. So the midi-chlorians thing and it being stronger in some bloodlines than other, I just I don't see the merit yeah. in that theory and that explanation yeah shouldn't it be like an ability to be in tune with it more instead of exactly um because yoda in, in the empire strikes back talking about how uh, a jedi's power flows from the force you you let it flow through you yeah it's not it's not power so much as understanding that leads to power now i do want to talk about natalie portman yeah sure because we gotta yeah, um just for a quick sec why does she die? I know that in the prophecy, in his nightmares, it's childbirth. And mm -hmm. I, I watched like a plot recap at, because it had been nine movies, mm -hmm. uh, just to remind myself of everything that happened. And mm -hmm. in that, they claimed that she died in childbirth. But I'm going to be honest, that's not what it seemed no. like. She dies yeah. after childbirth. She dies because she decides not to live. The the, the doctor on Police Masa, which is that asteroid there, um, says to obi-wan i think they can't explain why but she's lost the will to live yeah they she they literally say physically she's fit as a fiddle yeah uh she's just dead because she no longer has the desire um, to live now hang on just one second why yeah. why 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 would a senator a woman who is a whole ass person yeah outside of her relationship yeah who is a new mom just gave birth to two little babies yeah um why is she dead outside of yeah. reasons for plot convenience ostensibly it's because of the heartbreak and uh i don't know i guess trauma now here's of, what i can of tell Anakin you falling to the dark side and exactly. I'm, I'm not saying that that's valid i'm saying no that no, no totally exactly yeah. and i think you're totally right because that's what i got too is that he choked her out for five seconds with a with a force choke for yeah. with a little with a little force choke which also would be very fun yeah. in the bedroom anyway, <laughs> uh, but i think i think that 
you know, yeah, he, he chokes her out for like a sec and, and she's so heartbroken, so yeah. devastated. Well, it's that, that whole, like you're going down a path turned. I can't follow dialogue. Yeah. It's very, you know, I, you, you're not who I thought you were. You're not the person that I married. I don't mm. know who you are when I'm looking at you, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Devastating to watch the yeah, person that you love but, become a giant monster. Get, I get that. Will to... However, yeah. if every woman in a heteronormative relationship, if every woman died when their partner disappointed them or when they were like betrayed by yeah yeah if every woman who is betrayed by her lover just dropped dead my god the bodies of women would be scattered along these streets (laughs) and that would be very devastating if every woman dropped dead when her partner went nuts and killed a bunch of jedi children the galaxy would be full of dead women yeah. At least they would be full of women then. But um, <laughs> it's very, uh, but it's very weird to me that that happened for no reason at all. And yeah. this character was reduced to her relationship with Anakin and that mm. being the most important aspect of her life. Mm. Um, and that being the reason for yeah. her death. It completely betrayed other stuff about her. She was- Especially whole- since she's like a huge deal in the Senate and she's- like- She's okay. I mean, I will say that maybe she deserves to die for handing all of, all of her power to Jar Jar fucking Binks. But I also, I also just like she at least uh, deserves to be like reprimanded sternly. Yeah. Because I mean, like, what were should... you what were you doing? What are we I What are never, we doing, folks? Why I could not. I was like, really? What has caused you? I don't care how much time has passed between the last movie and this one. I yeah. don't care if he's wearing a robe. That's Jar Jar Binks. You're yeah. gonna make him a. You senator? know him. I know him. He should not be in charge. He should not have any power. And Jar Jar Binks got played like a fiddle. Of yeah. course he did. Because obviously. The Chancellor's like, hey, you gotta. Right? So, you gotta, you gotta only, emergency powers. Give them to me. You have to If do only it. somebody was brave enough yeah. to, to give me emergency powers. Yeah. I bet you no one is. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be crazy if I got granted emergency powers? What is was, What is the defense of the prequels? Do you have one? I, yeah, I will go to bat in a in a sense here, where it's like, look, there's a there's a lot of overtly whack Jedi focus. They have some huge tunnel vision. I do think seeing the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker is cool. You know, I... the Clone Wars get referenced in the prequels, and Anakin is Darth Vader, and he betrays and blah blah blah. And so, getting to see that is cool. I think that it could have been done a lot better, and it could have looked different and blah 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 there's actually this series i think of video essays maybe this guy did uh just called like what if the prequels were good and it's like (laughs) different plot ideas that are very compelling the prequels i i don't know i like them maybe part of it is that they came out when i was a kid and it was exciting and exactly and and there's no honestly there's no need to really like take that apart and like and if I'm being honest, I don't think they should like be deleted from yeah. Star Wars history. They mm-hmm. exist and that's cool. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I really give a shit, but yeah. I understand, I, I do agree that seeing mm-hmm. the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker is interesting. Yeah. And if especially I, the like, I think it's like the whole, I mean, the whole thing is foreshadowing, right? Yeah. So it's, it is interesting to watch him get broken down. It is interesting to see him be insubordinate to his master and yeah. see how that's going to play out. And, um, you know, to know that his mother, like to see the mother's death and be like, okay, well, here we go. And like, I see all of that. And I, I do think there's some merit in it. And more yeah. importantly, it doesn't matter what I think of them. They exist <laughs> and they are meaningful yeah. to people. But with other characters, I think like, first of all, hands down, anytime Leia speaks, I'm like, everyone else shut the fuck up. Yeah. 
Everyone else, shut up. Absolutely. Just drop it. Hey. Let Leia talk. Yeah. Let Leia talk for the rest of this movie, and that's all. In yeah. the first, in the original trilogy, every time Leia talks, I'm like, thank you. Go on, please. And, um, and that's <laughs> it's like, all no, I no, want. please, more. Yeah. No, no, please. Yeah, tell Han he's an asshole. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I know you're going to end up with him, but do I it. I love anyway. it when she's like, into the garbage choot, fly boys. Like, yeah. The- <laughs> Yes, Leia is iconic, and I can see why so many people love Carrie Fisher. Um, or when she like, um, when she's talking to Tarkin and just like flaming him the whole time. Oh my God, she's she's so headstrong and sarcastic and fun to watch in those in those movies. Uh, I will say though, my favorite character in the entire series has got to be R two D two because how could it? What be a smug else? bastard! I fucking love, I love how for speaking in beeps you really get it yeah oh like, my god yeah it's, like, it's excellent wow. sound design like all that it's shit. so funny and like later on with bb8 i think they kind of do a similar thing but mm-hmm. bb8 is more animated and so mm-hmm. like there's more like the little lighter thumbs up oh my I, god. I think about that so all the time good it's, it's like- so good <laughs> i do think this is my theory okay i think r2d2 is a dog i think r2d2 is a dog meets the character in the spy movie who lives in the computer and solves all the technical issues from mm-hmm. far away. If that person, that character was on the scene and a dog, mm-hmm. that's R2-D2. Yeah. Um, and well, the biggest way that R2-D2 is a dog is that if anything happens to R2-D2, I'm starting a fucking riot. Yeah. I'm going to burn every Star Wars movie to the ground. Don't know how you burn a movie, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm in. R2-D2 needs 14 movies dedicated to him. Um, there's a, a, I think it's a fan theory floating around that the, what you see in Star Wars is actually R2-D2 narrating the events. <gasps> oh, I love that. And that's why he's <laughs> like, that's why he's in the middle of all of it being like the crux that fixes every being problem. It's because he's telling hero. the story. He's oh like, yeah, God. I bailed these idiots out. I like bailed these fuckers out. Do you know times. how many times I jammed my arm into some random computer yeah. port? Every time. Every that's how technology works, that. baby. It's the 70s. Perpetually. It's, that's how it works. Any problem on this massive ship can be fixed by me jamming my even, arm <laughs> into a port. Is don't it even an outlet? Worry about Maybe. It. I've I got it. Intervention of the Sith when he soaks the droids in oil and lights them on fire. Incredible. Oh my god, so funny! I love it, and I or, love that he's kind of like the Deus Ex Machina of the yeah. entire series. Every time, but yeah. I'm into it. I'm not mad yeah. about it. Every time I'm like R two D two is gonna fix this, and I'm down. And I I like I like that R two D two and three PO are like the general through line in every mm-hmm. film. That mm-hmm. you you sort of know what their hijinks are, yeah. and you know how they're involved in the story. They're like a touchstone. Because I think it, it's the it's the part that keeps it cohesive. It's the yeah. part that you are like, oh, I recognize these people, mm-hmm. these characters, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to keep me involved. Yeah. So I think that's an excellent usage. And, and R2-D2 is for sure my favorite. I want to see, if there's more Star Wars movies, I want to see movies um, about R2-D2 only. Also, I mm-hmm. called him a he as if that's real. It's a robot. Why yeah. am I gendering it? I think that's they bias. typically refer to r2d2 is him anyway yeah which is also weird tracks for star wars yeah tracks absolutely we're all men um but i i I noticed that that i was doing it too droid in attack of the clones who asks obi-wan if he wants a cup of jawa juice yes yeah but hey that was a waitress that's what i'm saying that was a waitress droid yeah um Oh. If you go to an office, you will find yeah. a receptionist droid. If you go to a school, you will exactly. find a teacher droid. Yeah. And they're all women. There is um, a there is a woman droid in Solo, I think, who is voiced by, I want to say Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and she's a good time. That's very funny. I love yeah. that. Another character that I want movies about, please, is that I want the next 
Star Wars movies to be about the Ewoks. I don't want any humans. Give me movies about the Ewoks only. Ewoks and droids. No humans. No white women with dark um, hair. Let's yeah, go. Right. My two. Okay. So uh, two. A, a podcast I really like called Binge Mode um, that Jason Concepcion and Mallory Rubin used to host did a Star Wars run. And in speaking of Ewoks, in Return of the Jedi, they talk about how with the Ewoks, Luke commits a literal war crime. I'm trying to remember what because they think about. C3PO is a god. And he oh, leverages that yes. to get them to A, release them, but then B, like, kind of to fight the Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By it using the Force bad. to make them think he's a god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, big yikes. Very colonizer energy there, I, mean, I gotta say. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, look, the Empire, they love to do war crimes. They do it all the time. So it's not yeah. like, it's not like it's, I hate, okay, this is a tangent, but I hate when, when there's arguments where it's like, oh, but the rebels did all this. They're just as bad. It's like, no, they're fighting a fascist regime. Like, yeah. Come it's on. not the same. It's, it's not, not the same, but that instance is funny. I there mean, is an I, instance of there's two there's two times that the good guys do war crimes that I can think of. Um, there's the one with Luke and the Ewoks, and there's the dope part in the Last Jedi where Admiral Holdo, Vice Admiral Holdo, launches her ship at light speed oh into the God. First Order fleet. Which, by um, the way, I thought it was very funny that they tried to make her seem sort of like a bad guy for a second, but I was like, the lady's got purple hair. Please, yeah. I you thought can't it was fool me. I, I kind of liked how they played us on that uh, one. Oh, me too. They, me too. I thought it was you, good. I, I hated to see my boy Poe as a misogynist, but I like how they played us. I think I think it was necessary uh, yeah. because that's what would happen. That yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Women in leadership being doubted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happens all the time. Which is another little thing I hate in the in the Rise of Skywalker is when the guy who plays Mary is thrust in there for a moment from Lord of the Rings um, and says, why don't we pull off some Holdo maneuvers, do some real damage? Like it's trying to make that, it takes that moment and makes it into something else where it's like she sacrificed herself to let everyone get away. Don't act like it was a, just like, also, hey, a war crime. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a, it was not a moment of like, noteworthy war bravado no it was a moment of yes heroism and sacrifice self-sacrifice it's like you guys it was a moment of sacrifice i I will i will take myself out and take these fuckers out at the same time and like that it was very that was a cool moment we we've discussed that there is no one type of star wars fan i think there's Mm -hmm. several different types of star wars fans (laughs) and of course they're all made up these groupings are made up of individuals so there will never be something that is true across the board. However, there is a giant community of people who love Star Wars. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the common denominators across the board to generalize, even though I just said we can't, what do you think is what's loved about Star Wars across the board? What keeps people coming back? Well, I do think that there's that fascination with the force. I mean, there's a reason that it's a pop like a culturally referenced thing all over like speaking of may the fourth be with you exactly and people will just like say like you know trust the force or like oh yeah use the force like which was so the force awakens when uh um finn's like we'll use the force han's like that's not how the force works (laughs) um loved that but it's i think it's 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 that kind of stuff like like you know the mysticism of that that draws you in it's so so interesting that way i do think like the the grandiose of it and like um the just the grand thing playing out you know like 
um the stakes and the, the stakes i think the stakes and the themes pay a pretty yeah. big part yeah i think when so. you take into consideration the you know just the classics it hits all the classics yeah. good versus evil yeah. right and wrong yeah. you know a, and, a fighting for what's right i think yeah. there's a lot to get behind for people and the family you choose that's a thread that i see so thoroughly through all of it it's about like you know anakin's a a, a, a a slave and eventually an orphan but he has these people around him right or luke right he doesn't know where he came from but he finds these friends and and has them around and then ray and and finn and like this is that that found belonging i think and was, and that it's it's couched in that fight for what's right you know yeah exactly i think there's there there was a reminiscence in the final shots of sky rise of skywalker mm-hmm. uh, actually not the final shots but the uh the conclusion of the war where ray hugs finn and mm-hmm. and poe and it sort of reminded me of the end of the first trilogy where yeah. leia hugs han and luke yeah. and you know, it has that element of yeah. we got through this together, we mm. won the war, and so did our friendship. And mm. like, there's, I definitely get that. I find it interesting how much that contrasts with this weird, heavy emphasis on bloodlines and and blood relations exactly. and family. What does it, what does it matter? Why is it why, important? Exactly. Why why is there so much emphasis on that when yeah. when such a clear thematic? Maybe well, maybe it has to be there because yeah. because the thesis ends up being mm-hmm. about choosing the ones you love and protecting the ones you love and mm-hmm. aligning with them not because of your bloodline yeah. but because of yeah. what you believe in the end of the thesis yeah and i agree so i just wish they didn't have to use bloodlines so much to reach it yeah and i i i wish it wasn't reinforced that the bloodlines are so important like and more, yeah enforced so hard too exactly especially with the conclusion of this very series. contrived it's a little lame. I'm just going to yeah. put it out there. It's a little boring. That's, it's a little, it's a little just, uh, ugh, listen, like I was saying, right. I'm not taking it. It's not about me and how it personally did anything to me, but it's more like what they, what I feel happened to everyone who made this story, who worked on these movies, who created this and the characters themselves who go through all of this. It's such a disappointment and in some ways a betrayal for that to be the end of 30 years. Yeah. 40 maybe but you know like that's, that's and i'm curious i'm curious about the people that really love the rise of skywalker i would i would love to know if there's anybody that like really loves it i'm sure yeah. there are many people and mm-hmm. you know if that's the case if you're one of those people listening tell me about it put it in the comments i want to yeah. know why why you like rise of skywalker mm-hmm. i will say also and i didn't bring this up before but did they have to kiss Right. I'm mad about that. I'm mad about that. Did too. they have to kiss? No, I didn't I don't see think so. that being necessary. I think I, their I force bond didn't have to be romantic at all. It was. It's it was fine that it is. There's lots of people who wanted it. That's what that whole Raylo thing is. Yeah. Um, I. I mean, I get it, and I. I wasn't angry. Oh, I know what it about is about them kissing. Yeah. What bothered what me wasn't that they kissed. They can. That's fine. What bothered me is that Ben had to die. Yeah. Because look, I, they can kiss or they can not kiss. That's that's up to you. That's I don't, people's whatever. choice. As long as there's but, consent involved, I but don't care. He gets a redemption arc, but he doesn't get to live the rest of it. That's what bugged me is I was like, I'm glad that he got the redemption because that's a theme. Redemption is a huge theme as well. Darth Vader, like yeah. you see him go this whole thing. And at the end, he still gets redeemed. But I would have loved if we could see Ben Solo have that turn because he, like Ray, has been fighting his... His, his allegiance and his where he is in the force for two movies. And he finally 
acts in a, a decisive way. And I just wish that he didn't have to get like wiped immediately after. Like, what if he has to, you know, go through the rest of that? He used to be like a fucking like he's also a war criminal, you know? Like, I do have a question about like what is the point of redemption for characters that have done so much harm? What is the point of redemption if they don't have to reckon with that's their, it? That's it. With their awful, awful he's, behavior. He's redeemed and now he's gone. Like, why doesn't he have Same to? Same thing happened to Vader. Same thing yeah. happened to Vader, where he was redeemed and then he was dead. Look, and I yeah. get it because their their final moments of sacrifice yeah. are moving or whatever. I get yeah. it, but also it sends this message that people are redeemable, and I agree. I mm. think people can change. People can grow. It's a central can. aspect of the story. It's absolutely. Luke, Luke believes his father can be redeemed and so won't kill him. And Ray believes that Kylo is. There's good in him. And so she's going to help him turn. And, and she, she does, turns so. herself in because she thinks that. Exactly. So like, it's a powerful thematic element. Redemption. People yeah. can be saved from their own. Yeah hatred i well, and respect that as a as a thematic thing because i think it's true and i think people if given the opportunity and if they care to they can grow and be better however yeah in, in my what opinion, is what is the point what is the point of redeeming someone if they don't have to then reckon with the things that they did i also think in the line of who is the audience here because i think like the audience is a big part of yeah the media i'm watching this and trying to understand the audience. And that's sort of my goal. Mm -hmm. um, and taking the audience into consideration here for a second and bringing up the fact that the most vocal and a big and a, and a certain chunk of this audience is straight white men, mm -hmm. doesn't it possibly muddle a bunch of the themes, I think? Doesn't it kind of water down the concept mm of redemption and growth by letting them off the hook immediately for not for not actually doing any work yeah kylo ren is saved yes kylo ren grows kylo there's, ren is good now and then kylo ren is dead and then he no doesn't have to do anything he doesn't have to do anything he's just yeah. dead now and no. it, it kind of defeats the purpose of a lot of the themes that are here the themes of good and evil and yeah. compassion and hatred mm -hmm. and aggression and mm -hmm. oppression what good does it do to give this entire fan base, these characters that have been bad and can be good? Yeah. It can be. Kylo Ren can be good. However, yeah. Kylo Ren cannot grow back into being good without, no. without reckoning with how much pain he has caused, yeah. how much death he has caused, and facing that and changing his, his impact on the world. Yeah. There's well, no change in the impact that he has yeah. had on people mm -hmm. at all. Same with Darth Vader. And I'm not saying that they need to like start a nonprofit. I'm just yeah. saying <laughs> there, there's no, there's no tangible evidence mm -hmm. that this character is good now, other than of course their final act of sacrifice, yeah. which My, is great, but you saved one person. You've killed millions. Mm -hmm. My thing that I will add on the difference between Vader and Kylo Ren, at least is that, um, Darth Vader, Anakin slash Vader lives his whole life and we see him late in life That's when he's true. made the decisions he has. And I think in his case, I guess, I think it makes enough sense where he sees and looks back on all he's done and sees like Luke being like dying on the floor 
as like the symbol for like what led him to do all the stuff he does kills his son um, I agree. and he decides I agree to that... do something and that's his last act because then he has that conversation with luke at least where it's like um like i'm gonna take you i'm gonna save you and he's like mm-hmm. you already did it's too late for me go yeah, and i think that that moment that death was more earned mm-hmm. i agree i agree exactly. they're not the same at all and so my beef with the kylo ren one is that he's still young he's got like ben solo after kylo ren has so much and why do you have to introduce an end for him yeah he's, it didn't he's it didn't young do and he's anything. new let him yeah have to go through the rest of his life undoing what he did and and reconcile with all of that like it's not he's not at the end of his road he hasn't made all those decisions up to, i mean he has but he hasn't made like the the amount of decisions and been like lost in the same way that darth vader was before being found he was still like questioning and unsure and, and he was still living in the conflict and so why not let him live in it for longer i just think it's less i just think it's less powerful story if he's dead to have this to have this yeah, character I, I have to agree and i think it doesn't it doesn't do anything no. for the plot other than well this guy who was bad yeah. is also now dead and it kind of echoes the whole time that other guy he was trying to be like vader yeah. and remember how vader died this guy also died like okay again it's just a mm-hmm. little bit it's just a little bit mm-hmm. boring sorry it just is and again i don't see the point of the kiss so we've discussed a lot of stuff here and it's pretty clear that no star wars fans really agree on stuff <laughs> yeah. um and we've discussed that you know the the great thematic elements and the the stakes and the i think the the world building is what keeps people interested. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can see that. And I think the universe yeah. is what keeps a lot of it connected and why mm-hmm. people stay interested and why people check out new things yeah. in the same universe and why Misney has so much money. <laughs> but that being said, what do you think are the greatest divides? Like, do you think that it really just comes down to these ideological differences in progress? Like, like what... What do you feel is the greatest divide when you meet a Star Wars fan that you don't agree with? Oh man, I I don't know. I do kind of think it is based in that kind of stuff because it's the it's when people take when I have the biggest disagreements. I think it's people who take issue with the issues that aren't strictly speaking story decisions or world decisions. It's the issues of when it feels like the series is like attempting to be opened up to more people um like including you know like kelly marie tran john boyega stuff like Were people that. upset at the inclusion of people of color Dude, is that yeah. like they're Straight just up. mad that people when john boyega was exist? cast they were like stormtroopers aren't black <laughs> straight up people said that and I'm not, again, I'm not saying that everyone thinks that it's the vocal, of course, but a, the vocal but a people chunk who say things like that. But there were like comments on Facebook and shit where people were like, he's hey a stormtrooper. They're not black. Stormtroopers are Dude, real. They're wearing armor and it's a galaxy full of people. You don't know who's under there. You know what this reminds me of is I remember this Tumblr post a while ago, yeah. many years ago, where people were arguing about Hogwarts and how somebody created like a fan edit of like the, the people who started the the houses like the yeah. blank gryffindor and the blank slytherin like the people yeah. who were named that, that like i remember Godric somebody somebody Salazar created and... yeah i don't know the names i did not read those books either but um somebody created like a fan edit on tumblr and yeah. cast some of those original hogwarts house named people um the they were people of color and there mm. was a whole discourse underneath this post there was a whole angry twisted like emotional discourse about how these people 
could not have been people of color because <laughs> this is in England. Okay. Yeah. And what the wildest thing to me about all of that is that, hey man, they're wizards. Yeah. Do this what? magic. Hey man, what are you talking about? You're telling me that it's more believable to you that people can walk through a wall at a yeah. station, at a freaking yeah. train station. That's more yeah. believable to you than people of color existing in powerful positions. Mm-hmm. This rings very much, it rings very much um, white people want to keep the space that they've held yeah. forever. And I, I mean, I think it's what's fine is like, if you want to call a spade a spade, like that's fine. Just be like, hell yeah, yeah. I'm a racist. There are no black stormtroopers, yeah. but uh, own it. You yeah. Know? Well, and like Kelly Marie Tran was treated horribly after the last Jedi. Like she was, she basically left like the internet because she was bullied relentlessly oh, so, by Nazis and so incels. badly that tracks. And I didn't, I didn't know, but I knew. Like yeah. I know enough from being on the internet. Well, but I wasn't and, then in the last, and then in the rise of Skywalker, they just basically wrote her character out of the movie. Cause she's like, Oh, I have to go do this off screen thing. What? Yeah. Um, and, and I know that John Boyega has been somewhat vocal about his experience. Yeah. Um, I haven't Since followed left, the details. I think he's been on about how it kind of sucked in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I haven't followed it very closely. I, I did. I followed like his tweets and stuff, but I didn't really mm-hmm. know what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, and watching these last few movies, you know, if I can be honest, at, at least from my Please. experience of yeah. watching these for the very first time, that's why we're here. The <laughs> only time I gave a shit was when people of color and and women and these voices that have been ignored in those first Mm -hmm. six movies, when they were included is when I gave a shit. Mm -hmm. And that's when the stakes were high for me. Mm -hmm. That's when I was emotionally involved. That's when things were pulling at my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. And it's bizarre to me that people can enjoy this medium, this uh, people can love this story so much, but want to keep it exclusive for themselves. Mm And here's the part that really gets me is that they know it is exclusive to themselves. They know that they only see themselves reflected in it. And yet they come to me at every party and yell at me for for never having having seen it. it. My God, of course I haven't seen it. Why would I? There there has been no reason until I decided to do this podcast for me to watch Star Wars because I know I know, and I'm aware from references, from media, from context, context, from pop culture, I'm aware that this was not created for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware that it doesn't reflect any part of my experience on screen Mm -hmm. and that, and not that everything needs to, but it doesn't contain anything for me. It Mm -hmm. didn't. Mm -hmm. That's what, that was my perception going into this. Mm -hmm. And I tried to keep an open mind about that. And I do think that there's great merit in the story. I think that there are great themes being explored. I think yeah. there's great characters and compelling storylines and, totally an, and, and it's fucking fun to watch. And yeah. the pew pew is exciting. Dude. And we love a space. We An love acrobatic lightsaber fight. Like that's Hell, the thing. Oh, I will, oh, the prequels I also will go to bat for because compared to the originals, the lightsaber fights, so exciting. Oh, so absolutely. Cool. And I Jumping cannot around. pretend that the part where Yoda starts fighting isn't Dude, the best I was about part to say, of this entire When he pulls series. out his little lightsaber, when lost Yoda their- moves his cloak, he moves his cloak to the side and he grabs a lightsaber. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Now we're fucking cooking with gas because yeah. I want to watch Yoda beat this guy up. And he kind of fails, but he his fighting, jumping across the whole exactly. thing was so exciting. Brilliant. Little Yoda, 
badass love it yeah but yeah i you know i just as if i can say something to the star wars fans mm-hmm. that are listening is that there's nothing wrong with criticizing the thing that you love mm-hmm. and it does not in any way affect how much you love it in yeah. fact i believe that if you criticize the thing that you love and acknowledge the weaknesses in it mm-hmm. it only makes your love for the thing stronger mm-hmm. well and- because it it points out what you love about it mm-hmm. Because ultimately, with these inclusions, with the inclusion of of characters of color, of more women, you're mm-hmm. inviting more people mm-hmm. to join the club. And mm-hmm. I just think that that if you don't want people to join the club, then stop yelling at people to join the club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, and- I I having gone through this process, do I recommend other people watch Star Wars? Sure, if you want to. I mean, that's pretty simple. It's actually, it's a movie. It's several movies. It's so many movies. If you want to watch mm-hmm. them, if you got the time, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I don't think that it is the end all and be all of cinema. I don't. Um, I think they're fun. It's cool. Yeah. And I get a bunch of the references and I can stop pretending. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's fun for me. Um, I was going to say, I, this is a recommendation to you and to other people as well. If if you want to start checking out things that I think are starting to shift the needle in terms of Star Wars. Yes, please. Um, a, a, you should go ahead and watch Rogue One because it's a great film. Yes, um, I'm saving that really one as a little compliment. treat. It's a, it's a really good compliment to the whole saga and where it fits in and establishing the drama and the stakes that we've talked so much about um and i would watch the mandalorian which is streaming on um disney plus and i really really have enjoyed that there's taika watiti's been involved in directing yeah. and acting ming na wen like i mentioned just yes, more people's badass. perspectives and more Love people's her. work being brought in and you can i think you can really tell um it also it's really cool the tuscan raiders the sand people they get really cool looks because in the, a new hope their coding is problematic to say the least um yeah. but they, a lot of the coding of alien people that's another note my friend Kaya very um, very focused yes. in making them seem like people of color and yeah. making them seem bad yeah and those things mm, yeah. don't go hand in hand yeah i've talked i've talked a bit and i'd love to talk more with my friend Kaya about the fact that like so much of it is like the human-centric focus and how a lot of the outlook on the aliens is is, is not great and uh, yeah. bad sometimes so um but I would recommend looking into those, like I know that it becomes this massive thing, but those things that are coming out now and those things that are being made since, I mean, in the year that The Rise of Skywalker was released, I think 2019, the best Star Wars coming out that year was the last season of The Clone Wars and the ongoing Mandalorian. Okay, nice. And I, I will, I've, I've decided to make Rogue One a little treat for myself nice. because I want to watch Riz Ahmed, oh, be part of Star Wars. Gonna, Thank you. That's all I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but and Diego I also, Luna, he's a gem. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. The thing is, I do think that the world is exciting. And I mm-hmm. do think that there's great potential for stories out of this universe that are engaging for me. However, mm-hmm. those stories involve people of color. Those stories involve yeah. women. And if they don't, then they are not interesting to me. I'm yeah. not interested. I will never be interested in your old white person only Star Wars. I'm barely, I barely got through them this first time around. Okay. And I watched the whole, I am your father thing. So I'm good. I'm, I'm set. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did it once. You found out. Where, uh, hey, whoa. He was his dad the whole time. I had no idea. Um, yeah. but yeah. Um, so, you know, closing remarks, Zachary Yeah. for you, if you wanted to say something to the Star Wars fans that are listening to our podcast today, hi, first episode, thanks for sticking around. Uh, what would you say to the fans of Star Wars that 
have engaged with this. And keep in mind, yeah. if they're listening to me talk about Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> they're probably yeah. in your camp of Star Wars already. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so, like, thanks so much for having me on this first episode. Of course. Thrilled. Um, but I guess I would say to them, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's like a silly set of movies about laser swords, magic, and space. Yeah. And take take what you get from it. You know, honestly, like life in the world in the last year for so many of us has been just, oh God, I don't even know. But like watching these movies again, I've been able to return to kind of some of what I get from them. And I would say to, to anyone listening, like, you know, don't take it too seriously. And I, I say that as someone who like, when I, like when, we, when I was talking about Obi-Wan and Anakin and their, and their moment, like I felt myself like welling up emotionally. It's really strong for me that, that bit. And so I think take what you get from it and don't, you know, their movies, don't take it too seriously, but remember that like, I don't know, like I said, some of it is serious on and off screen. Mm -hmm. And so don't forget that. But look, at the end of the day, enjoy them, criticize them, do whatever you want with them. Hell yeah. And I want to say to all of our listeners today, whoever you may be, especially if you love Star Wars, I think that everyone can benefit from reflecting on the themes of Star Wars and applying them to what goes on outside of just the story and into the real world and into the production yeah. of Star Wars. Because if we're staying mm -hmm. true to these themes of oppression and right and wrong and good and bad and power, there are real world things that are affected by these themes and to ignore the real yeah. world and focus only on the story. And in fact, to partake in the evil, mm -hmm. to be the dark side of the force for Kelly Marie Tran makes no yeah. sense to me. <laughs> it makes no, no. sense. Um, so yeah, yeah, I just encourage, and of course I don't believe any of the people listening to me are right now are like, we hate black people because if you're listening to me, <laughs> hopefully that's not your vibe. Don't listen to yeah. me again, please just get out of here. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I would hope and pray that moving forward, now that I understand this world a bit more, now that I see the merit in it, I used to not want to touch this thing with a six and a half foot pole. I said, fuck you. I don't care about what you love. I want to stay away. Cause you, when have, yeah. when have these people ever given a shit about the things that other people enjoy? Never. Yeah. And so I, why do I need to give a shit just cause you're yelling at me? Yeah. Um, but now that I've chosen to engage with it, I do see the merit. I just think that some of the, the themes that are involved in the story should be looked at, examined and explored outside yeah. of the story. Yeah, because that's where the true power yeah. of them lies. Yeah, listen to what it's really saying. Yeah, I think. Well, folks, we did it. We made it to the end of the very first episode. And if you've stuck around this long, thank you. I know it was a bit of a long one, but what can I say? There's just so much to blab about when it comes to Star Wars. And Zach and I, we just love to blab. So I want to start by saying a big thank you to Zach Wheeler for being my first guest on the podcast. Uh, couldn't say thank you enough times to have such a fun conversation with my pal. I also want to take a moment to draw your attention towards something that is a bit more important than Star Wars. I hope you've heard by now about the COVID crisis in India, but in case you haven't, here's a brief depressing overview. There are hundreds of thousands of new COVID cases in India every day right now with tens of thousands of people dying every day. And these are conservative estimates. In the capital city of Delhi, someone dies from COVID every five minutes. 
I know, none of this is very lighthearted or fun to bring up on my very first podcast episode, but what can I say? I'm not very lighthearted right now. I'm actually very heavy-hearted, and it's with my heavy heart that I implore you to look into the COVID situation in India and find ways to help. And one of the ways that I can suggest is that you visit the link tree in my bio on any social media platform. On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Rahat Sani, and on TikTok, I'm at Rahati. Visit the link in my bio. The link tree has many different resources, organizations that you can support, that you can donate to, that are trying to save lives right now. The government has provided essentially no aid and left people to die. And these organizations are, for many, their only hope. So please donate as much as you can, as often as you can, because they need all the help that they can get. But yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you again for sticking around till the end. It's unclear that all of them will be this long. They're not all going to be about Star Wars and <laughs> they won't all have like a million movies. So please stick around for the journey if you are interested. If you liked today's episode, please rate and review this podcast. I am so interested in hearing your feedback and improving. I know I'm going to be on a bit of a learning curve in the next little while. And if you want to stick around for the journey, subscribe to the podcast and you can follow along as I discover all this art that I've never watched before and I discuss it with the people who love it. And if there's something you want me to watch because you love it, please let me know. DM me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Rahat Sani and you can tell me what you want me to watch because guess what? I might just fuck around and watch it. Okay, bye.